Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. And it's time for Customer Experience Radio on Atlanta Business Radio and the Business Radio X network, brought to you by Heineken Company. Now here's your host, Jill Heineck. Hello. I'm, I'm so happy to be here today with two of my good friends, uh, Jim Knight and Kathleen Wood. We met in 2009-ish at a conference for food um, food industry HR specialists yep. um, in Dallas called People Report. And um, I, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Oh, my thank pleasure. you. <laughs> I'm going to give our listeners a little background. Um, Jim spent 21 years with Hard Rock International as the head of training for the brand School of Hard Rocks, which oversaw all learning initiatives for the global cafes, hotels, and casinos. And um, in 2012, he officially retired from corporate life <laughs> and is now a keynote speaker delivering over 100 engagements a year and a best-selling author with his book, Culture That Rocks, which, by the way, is like the Bible. People Yay. need to be reading this book. It's Absolutely. amazing. And then Kathleen is the founder of Kathleen Wood Partners, uh, an innovative growth strategy firm specializing in transforma- transforming visions into reality through strategy, brand optimization, and leadership development. And her scope spans from hospitality, healthcare, service, manufacturing, and retail clients. Um, she is a nationally recognized growth strategist, motivational speaker, and author, and a proven leader in business and nonprofits. And Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't, I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. So um, let's open with a little discussion around um, customer experience and what that means to you from where you sit. Yeah. So we can start with you, Kathleen. You know, I think the uh, customer experience, in my mind, in this very dynamic and competitive marketplace we're in today, is truly the currency of separating yourself from the CS statements. Mm-hmm. Um, there, in my mind, there's nothing more important than the customer experience. And that's from the time that we start to attract the customer all the way to the time we try to retain them and keep them as a loyal customer to us. And I think that's one of the things where people have thought for such a long time about customer service being that transactional experience. And now really, you know, when I think about strategy, it's about that entire experience and making it your competitive differential. Exactly. How about you, Jim? You know, I look at it as the uh, the product of the balance between trying to be transactional, which a lot of companies probably do, and being emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the ones that get to that far end on the emotional side where there's an emotional connection where people are going to come back, they're going to spend more money, they're going to talk about you favorably is what you look for. Um, and I, you know, probably a lot of people might be confused about the customer experience versus service. Uh, I've always looked at it as the totality of whatever happens between that customer and the organization. So case in point, any statistic that I've ever seen, all customers really care about are these big main four tenants. It's the products, the atmosphere, it's the service, which is what a lot of people might focus on today. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the value proposition, the price per for value. I look at all of those and say, you've got to hit all of those, the product and the atmosphere. Those are price of admission type stuff where you're going to crush it is in the customer service, which is why people focus on it. But honestly, it's the totality. You've got to really rock people's worlds when it comes to the overall experience. When you can do that right, you're going to produce Herculean results. People are going to come back. They're going to spend more money. They're going to talk about you favorably. 
Absolutely. I always think about customer service versus the experience because to me, service is reactionary. Yep. Yeah. And you're, you're like, you've bought the, you've bought the product, you've gone, or you've gone through the experience of, you know, maybe at a restaurant or whatnot, and now something's wrong. So you've got to go to the back of the store yeah. to go right. like backpedal and try to make it right. Exactly. Whereas the experience is hopefully forecasting what potentially could happen, what's happened in the past, and then trying to avoid that and creating a better experience overall. Would you agree? I would. Totally. And I think when you think about it, what do people most talk about? They don't, you know, they'll talk a little bit about the service, but what they either are glowing about or they're complaining about is their experience. Right. And service, to Jim's point and yours, is just one portion of that that continuum of what's occurred to them, why they're in that, you know, in that engagement. Well, and I think, Jill, you make a great point, too, that it is reactionary. There's so many service programs and people start working on a program of the month, program of the year. They do it because they feel like, well, we got some results back from our customer surveys, right? The ones that are thinking about customer experience take the time to sit back, to dream, to innovate, to think you know, a little bit more holistically, what are our competitors doing? We at least need to do that, do it better than they are, do something differentiated. And all of a sudden people are going to start recognizing us mm-hmm. and wanting to come back more. So I, I think Kathleen, great point too. If, if you can get to the point that you can sit back and think, what is it that we could be working on from the overall experience? Mm-hmm. You're going to win just by the simple fact of doing that, you're probably going to get better. Absolutely. And Kathleen, can you give us a uh, little bit background on how you got to where you are now? Sure. So I believe that I've always been in the customer experience Mm -hmm. industry, no matter where I've been in my career, right? So I start out in the restaurant industry where I get completely inundated with what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the first, I would say like the first half of my career in restaurant operations in all levels from the dishwasher to the president and COO of a company. So that to me has always made me very sensitive and aware of what's going on with that customer in the process. Mm -hmm. Because again, without the customer, you don't really have a business. And 20 years ago, um, seeing that there was great growth and that there were great people wanting to do great things, I decided to start my own consulting practice, really focusing in on founders, entrepreneurs, and executives who had small companies and wanted to grow them into great big brands. And I was very fortunate to work with some very small companies early on that became very amazing big brands like Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, P.F. Chang's, mm-hmm. Fleming Steakhouse. So very fortunate to work with them. And then my business just grew from there. And the verticals of that grew into healthcare and manufacturing and food service, um, retail and all the other segments that I've been fortunate enough to work in. Um, I made a very wise consulting decision six years ago to start a family business because, you know, when you're a consultant, why not do what you tell everybody else to do, right? (laughs) So I picked an amazing business strategy of getting my family with my sister Sue and my niece Jen engaged in the idea of selling frozen delicious desserts (laughs) to the frozen people in the frozen tundra of Northern (laughs) Illinois. So it's a a beautiful strategy for family success at all meals and holidays. Um, But the, the brilliance of it in all reality is that it has been great for our family. But the other side of it is I am dealing with customer experiences each and every day, seeing how the next generation of our workforce deals with it, seeing how our business evolves with it, and how we're evolving too. So it's a, I get the best of both worlds. I get to be able to work with amazing clients today and at the same time be able to live my own dream with my family. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. 
And give us a little bit of your background and, and what led you here. Yeah, I actually went to school to be a musician. So I thought, you know, this is what I wanted to be as a rock and roller. And uh, I do have my Associate of Arts degree in music performance and education. Uh, but while I was in college, I discovered that to actually make a living doing that, you had to be good. So <laughs> I, uh, I changed careers. They say those that can't do teach. So I became a middle school teacher, started working on children's education, uh, my history degree. Um, I was a middle school teacher for six years. I loved doing that. Um, but if you know anything about, you know, people in public education, um, you need a summer job. And so I took a summer gig at a hard rock cafe. And this was in Orlando, one of the busiest restaurants in the world that was pumping something like 7,000 people a day doing $35,000 hours, which is unheard of in food and beverage, but it was fun. Your skills get really good, really quick. And, uh, I, my hair didn't go up. You can't see me in the studio, but I've got spiky hair, but it went down. I had a long mullet. I could almost sit on my hair at one time. I've seen those pictures. Oh, they're, they're not yeah. pretty now, but um, I actually had a good mullet, I think. But it was a great gig. I loved it. Um, and I could probably say that I, I would probably have stayed there forever. And it was because of the people, the unique people that I got to hang out with. Um, I was there 21 years. So I became a manager pretty quick early on. Uh, out of the 21 years, uh, 16 of those I ran training and development, as you said, and that allowed me to travel the world. I opened up hard rock cafes, hotels, casinos around the world. Just absolutely loved it to be and say and look and do whatever I wanted to. And somebody was paying me to do it. And it was in a, the, the great spirit of rock and roll. So I loved it a lot. Um, but as you said, I, I decided that uh, I would leave about seven years ago now. Uh, because I wanted more. I wanted to have more impact and influence. And uh, I wanted to write a book that probably couldn't have been done if I was working at Hard Rock. And so I now consider myself a speaker, author, and I say part-time consultant, uh, you know, opportunistically, if something falls in my lap, I've had the the pleasure of doing some things with my friend Kathleen here, and uh, I, I love doing that. But uh, I, I honestly say that I can just hold an audience. I'm mediocre at a lot of stuff, but I can hold a group of people. So this is probably as close to getting back to being a rock star as I'm ever going to get. So I'm happy. It's very good. <laughs> I am so happy that you have taken the stage here in our studio. Oh, thank you. Oh, my I'm pleasure. Talk to share your experiences my with pleasure. us. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, maybe give us a case study or two with some clients that you've worked with that maybe you've had to talk to them about, you know, kind of revamping how they're serving the customer and how that customer experiences their brand. Um, or, you know, I'm going to let you kind of take it where you would like to make your points. Yeah. Kathleen, you want to go first? So, you know, I have the great opportunity to work with a lot of founders and entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I've found, you know, in the last 20 years, working with a lot of brilliant people is that they get incredibly focused about what they want their concept to be, what they want their, you know, whatever the design to be, the product to be. And the amount of time that's invested into that is just amazing to me. It's a it's really a case study in and of itself. <laughs> However, one of the things that I find working with them strategically, though, is really getting intentional about that customer experience. And that's one of the things that sometimes when people get so focused about, I'm going to, here's my business, I'm going to grow my business, I'm going to expand my business, you know, it becomes about what the business metrics are. And two people get lost in that equation, sometimes the employee, and then sometimes the customer. And so one of the things that I've done over the last several years is incorporated this being intentional about customer experience, and really advising and working with my clients to say, okay, let's lay out what that experience is. How do we 
first, how do we even go get them? You know, then how do we bring them in? And then what are the touch points that are going to be part of the process of their experience? So the functionality of your business, but then what are the other sensory experiences? What are they going to, what, what are they going to feel? What are they going to smell? What are they going to, you know, touch? What are they going to have? And when they leave, what will they feel like? And back to Jim's point, really trying to connect the functionality of business with the emotional experience that goes with the business. And I think that, again, it comes back to my philosophy that the customer experience is competitive currency. Mm -hmm. But if we're not dedicating the time and the resources to it and being very intentional about it, we're missing one of the greatest opportunities because you can still work really hard and have no customers come in. Absolutely. And that's where you've just swung and missed. So I think that's when of things that you know I have found that has been a growing piece of my business over the last several years just because the customer has so many ways to interact but when they're interacting whether that be online or in person we've got to be very intentional about what that looks like and what we what we're really trying to provide them in the process in your opinion um, what are a couple of brands that you think do it well in terms of client ex- or customer experience you know one because I I'm just I have to be you know I'm a I love them I mm-hmm. think they're the greatest I'm a big fan is Southwest Airlines mm-hmm. I think you know Southwest Airlines in my mind one day I was on a flight which was delayed and you know how people get when the flights delayed and everybody <laughs> yes. everyone's so jovial it just makes my day filled with joy personally but the two the Southwest <laughs> flight attendants did the craziest thing they gave each row of the at the beginning of the plane, because the plane's divided in half, right? So each half of the plane got a roll of toilet paper to start at the front. And everyone was told that the side of the plane that could unroll the toilet paper without it breaking, you know, everyone would get a free drink on the plane. <laughs> and I thought, this is darn genius. You have just taken something that is horrific. Mm-hmm. We've been out here for a pretty long time and you've got everyone engaged in cheering for unrolling a, a roll of toilet paper. That's amazing. I mean, that's really to me, I, I'll never forget that. I took pictures of that, put it on Facebook because I'm like, who has ever seen this happen in an airline before? Not me. And I think if they were only doing that and they were sort of being the fun kids, it'd be one thing. But they're so awesome in like the basic product. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you do, uh, of course, they're the low cost airfare, but their onboarding process is ridiculously efficient and so good. And I'm surprised. We talk about this all the time, Kathleen and I do. Why haven't other airlines sort of adopted that? Mm-hmm. Still best on time, best departure, zero bag fees, zero to change any fees. Mm -hmm. And they're the most profitable airline, the U.S. Like, hello, like all those touch points you talk about, there's a reason why people are doing it. It's not just because it's cheapy cheap. It's all of those things we just mentioned. And then you throw on the fun stuff with toilet paper roll contests. Get out of the way. Like, <laughs> who wouldn't want to do that? I love right. that. As a traveler, it's refreshing. It right. really is. I mean, you know, the other day I was flying and all of a sudden I heard my name announced. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Did I leave my laptop at security or something? And they're like, Kathleen, come over here. And I go up to Southwest cam- uh, counter and they go, guess what? You're our random act of love today. And you get to pick three things from this list of prizes. I'm like, that is fantastic. Cool. And I was like, thank God I have my laptop, too. But. I mean, what were they? It was I could either get free Wi-Fi, a free drink, or I could get extra snacks on the plane. <laughs> I love it. Who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love that? That's fantastic. How about you, Jim? Any brand that stands out in terms of experience? You know, I've been very lucky because the majority of the stuff that I now do is outside of hospitality. So it is interesting to see a lot of different companies. You know, some of them are probably the the well-known companies, Zappos. I think you know when you think about an online shoe company mm-hmm. doing as great as they are from an experiential standpoint blows my mind um pike place market in mm-hmm. seattle mm-hmm. fishmongers mm-hmm. that are throwing fish around That's and it's great. the 
it's now the number one tourist destination in Seattle. <laughs> before they go to the Space Needle, before they go see the original Starbucks, they're running down to see the fish being thrown. So I mm-hmm. go down there, you know, I buy fish. I don't even eat any fish. <laughs> so I love looking at companies. A couple of them that are probably the lesser known culture mm-hmm. warriors that are out there from an experiential standpoint. One is uh, a brand that I've become friends with called FurnitureDealer.net. <laughs> they only produce websites for people that sell furnitures, furniture companies. It's mm. like that small slice, but they're in a warehouse. It's like 40 millennials. There's drones flying around in basketball courts and they have sleepovers. I mean, it is a crazy fun experience, but again, the basic four tenants, the product, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. that that service is unparalleled, and then people feel like they're getting value for, for whatever they're spending money. There's a great property management company out there called Carter Haston. Um, they're unbelievable, and again, they manage apartments. And you would think, well, how can that be such a great experience? But they, they do a fantastic job. I would say probably, and this is going to be uh, probably unfair being in the Atlanta market, but Chick-fil-A, I have such a love mm-hmm. for. My 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 business crush runs deep with those guys for a variety of reasons. I mean, first off, that chicken's awesome. Right? Everybody's <laughs> had that chicken, right? But that's what gets you in the door. It's not that. I, I hang out with the people, and of course, everybody's going to say, it's my pleasure. I know it's a technique. I know it's trained. It doesn't feel like it to me. Mm-hmm. It feels extremely authentic. Mm-hmm. I think about their efficiency, both in the drive-through and their mm-hmm. consistency. I have never, ever, ever had a mistake in a Chick-fil-A drive-through. I can never say that about any other fast food joint. And I'm, I'm eating there like three times a week. I got a problem, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting in line and I honestly think today might be the day they're going to make a mistake. Nope. They got it right again. So I love all of that stuff. Yeah. And then I look at their business results, mm-hmm. the value for what you're spending from, from from a consumer is easy. It's great. I love everything about it, but their business results, I think they just moved into the number three spot. Yep. They jumped over Wendy's, KFC, Pizza mm-hmm. Hut, all of those brands. Now they're the most successful right now, fast food restaurant chain in the U S they're doing something like $4.1 million. Their direct competitor is another chicken place. It's not KFC or <laughs> churches or Popeye's. It's McDonald's and McDonald's generates something like 2.5. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're getting close to almost doubling the amount of who they think is their direct competitor. And here's the thing. They're not outside the U.S. They're not open 24 hours. They're only open six days a week. Right. I go, yeah. they're killing it. And they're, yeah. they're not sitting there going, look how awesome we are at our product. Because as soon as you start doing that, you're only awesome until you're not. Someone will pass you and start doing the exact same thing for you at a cheaper price and you're going to be out of business. So Chick-fil-A is sitting back and thinking strategically how can we make people's lives better? And they're hitting every touch point that we've been talking about. And, so. they, and they stay, they're staying, they're keeping their success going. Even during Super Bowl weekend That's here, right. I read it somewhere in the media that they still remained closed on Sunday, they even did. with Ron right. Yeah, Right. There was not, they didn't call their people in because it was a special occasion. You get Sundays right. off. Oh, yeah. it hurts as a traveler. When we're traveling on Sunday <laughs> in some of the airports and it's, ooh, you want that Chick-fil-A and you turn the corner. It's, uh, it's not the same. I love so there's, there's some good brands out there. I talk a lot. You know, it's probably 40 different brands that I talk about in the book. Um, some of them you won't know. Mm-hmm. And actually, real quick, just as a shameless plug, I mean, I prop up in the very last chapter as one of those brands that fits that totality mindset mm-hmm. is Susie Swirl. So with my friend Kathleen Wood, I really think, you know, there's a, a litany of things that, that she does with her business that goes, wow, you get them into the in, into the location, it's going to rock people's face off. And that's what you want to have happen. And how do you yeah. feel like Susie Swirl differentiates from other frozen dessert places? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's so interesting. And, and Jim, thanks so much for that shameless plug. I always mm-hmm. appreciate that so much. Uh, but 
you know, so we made a very conscious decision when we started Susie Swirl that, you know, we did not want to be a generic fro-yo place. That was not what we wanted to be. We did not want to swim in that lane and we did not want to be thrown into that lane. So we made the conscious decision that we were going to compete on two tenants, great product, great service. And, you know, and even though at times people go, well, you're still self-service. Why do you have all these people here providing service? Because we're trying to blend, you know, mm-hmm. still the person's ability to have that individual customization. But we want to provide service that supports it so that they have a great experience. So we have a very rigorous training program where we're teaching young people. This is their first job. Mm-hmm. And we have a philosophy of make your first job your right job. So we really want to teach them the philosophy of what a customer experience looks like from mm-hmm. the time that customer comes into the door while they're picking their their flavors their toppings to why they're still there in our building and how to engage with them and interact with them and then obviously when they leave mm-hmm. and we have found that that has made us you know if you think about it how can you sell two two or three weeks ago it was minus 50 in chicago mm-hmm. right which is a <laughs> amazingly stunning thing we were closed that day for personal safety but the next day <laughs> you know people get cabin fever and we were busy and mm-hmm. you're like well why would people come in to get frozen deliciousness, you know, when it's still good minus 20. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because they're getting this great experience and it becomes their place, not just our place, but Mm -hmm. it becomes their place. And when that happens, that's really where the mat, that's how you can sell frozen product in the middle of the frozen tundra. And this, this employee base that she has, again, you're, you're almost selling to a generation, but your entire business, right, Kathleen, is all these young kids, millennials and and Gen Z, whatever we're going to call that next group. And the reason that I love that approach is and when I was doing more consulting work the number one challenge that everybody said was I can't find great talent they're mm-hmm. not out there anymore right. they are somebody yeah. Chick-fil-A Susie Squirrel somebody's getting them a whole lot earlier mm-hmm. getting their meat hooks in them enough to say we're going to make your life your work experience better this is where you're going to spend predominantly mm-hmm. the majority of your life anyway and now you've got people right that are coming back as supervisors managers running some of the locations it's it, it, you you've really taken that that mindset early on and just develop people versus what i think a lot of business do they get frustrated and if they can't do the job right away or they don't have a skill like you know they don't know how to mop no one's told them how to mop or right. count change or look right. people in the eye you have made that decision, right, Kathleen, to actually go out there and teach people those things. And, and it's life skills, honestly. Well, and I think that's why, you know, we were honored to be in your book, too, Jim, because it really is about what kind of culture do you want to have? Mm-hmm. And culture, to me, you know, again, there's there's two people in this equation. There is the employee and there is the customer. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that culture that props up that employee because, you know, I, I recently heard this statistic by one of the great uh, consulting firms where they said that only 31% of the employees today are engaged at work. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, I you're like, it. I want to make customer experience great. They're like, okay, only three out of 10 of you here at this table are really excited to be here today. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you really have to come back to this intention and really, you know, making it a priority of what kind of customer experience do you want to have? What kind of employee experience do you want to have? And then what's the culture that all that's enveloped in? I mean, and that's going to translate. The, the employee experience is going to translate to how the external customer is served, right? So right. if you're not excited about being there, obviously the external 
end result is not going to be great. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that's why when you think about it, why do people talk about, like, look at Jim's love for Chick-fil-A. That is, that is amazing. I think that's equivalent to my love of Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> it, but we love them because it's it's a consistent, amazing mm-hmm. customer experience. And that's what we're trying to do at Suzy Swirl is build a consistent, you know, customer experience. That's what I try to do with my clients is let's build a consistent customer experience, mm-hmm. but let's marry that with a consistent employee experience too. And it's always stuns me because, you know, you see these results, you hear these results, but yet there's always this pushback of, well, why would we invest in that? Right. I don't know, only because it's logical, it makes sense, and you're going to make a lot more money if you did. Well, and I think people get caught up in like, what's my, you know, dollar for dollar return on investment if I do this? What's right. my, do- you know, my hour per hour return on investment if I take the time to train these people? But that's where you're going to see long-term results. One of the thing, one of the cornerstones for um, Keller Williams Realty, which is now international, mm-hmm. and I've been involved with them for 20 years. Wow. Um, one of the things Gary Keller said, the visionary, was... You, as the agent, the realtor, are our customer. That's where we're focused. And this is the agent's company. So we are all partners with Gary in this company. And he wants to hear from us what tools we need in order to serve and give our clients in the outside world a great experience. And so he's focused his entire company on providing tools for high-level business owner agents Mm -hmm. that will serve the client. And, And... also give us the tools on how to build a business and how to respond to hiccups, um, which create, you know, as we mentioned before, the energy around good client experience. So I think I I really appreciate hearing that um, more and more companies are focused on the employee culture, which is ultimately going to give. They are now. Delivering that. Because the stuff that you're talking about, Jill, is not anything new. It's, It's the service profit chain that people have been talking about for decades. I say people, the ones who actually get it. These legacy right, brands right. that have been crushing it, the ones that are all top of mind are because they said, we'll focus on the employee. They'll take care of the guests or the customer. They'll produce the sales and that'll flow through if you're doing your job right down to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I think, you know, Kathleen, you do with Susie Squirrel and these other, you know, again, some some lesser known brands, but they have figured it out. And more and more, com- I cannot go to a conference or sit on a webinar or a seminar without somebody talking about culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Miriam Webster just listed that word two mm-hmm. years ago as their word of the year. Mm-hmm. People are starting to figure it out. So I think the, the, the focus now internally is absolutely the way to go. And I mm-hmm. think people realize it can't be just about the product. It can't be the building. It can't be the stuff and the tools and the process and the forms and whatever, whatever. You got to go out there and say, if I can get the right humans to do the things that we need them to do, they will produce world beating results. And that'll help us not just hit one time a year budget. Right. It'll be year on year results. I, for me, I could easily hit a number. You give me whatever a dollar amount is, I'll, I'll hit it, but I'll do stupid <laughs> right. things to get there. Right. I'm staying up in 24 hours. I'm going to take out a couple managers, you know, and you won't find any more paper clips. I'm not spending money on training or, you know, whatever, right. but year on year results. You can't do that on your own. You got to ollie ollie income for you. You got to get everybody to focus in the same direction. So I'm with you. I don't, I don't think there's anything new. I just think people are starting to wake up and go, Oh, it's about the human. It's about the people that are working for me. That's how the culture ultimately gets created. Well, and I think you said it perfectly, Jim, it's about the right people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not about the perfect people. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had where they're like, well, if we could just find that one perfect person. And I'm like, 
Uh, also, if we could just run out to the backyard and find three feet of gold, that would be great too. Yeah. But <laughs> or get into neither, like, neither one of those things are going to happen today. So, <laughs> you, you know, so I do think it comes back to this intentional investment in your people. You know, we are hiring at Susie's World. We hire people that are 16 years old. Yesterday, their last job was they were a babysitter mm-hmm. or they were a volunteer. <laughs> and now they're coming into the workplace and they're coming in with these amazing superpowers that are so far advanced to me, like their social media Mm -hmm. and their ability to have 800 followers Mm -hmm. by the time they're 16. It's stunning. Mm -hmm. You know, now at the same time, though, they're not coming in with some of the skills that, you know, you would think they would come in with, like Mm -hmm. to Jim's point, how do you sweep? How do you, you know, wash your hands 300 times a day? (laughs) Look each other in the eye. Right. Right. But if you believe in their superpowers Mm -hmm. and learn how to harness their superpowers, then it's a beautiful, to your point, what you were saying about Keller Williams, it's a partnership then. Mm-hmm. So here, we're going to give some skills, but at the same time, we really want you to bring your skills to us too. Mm-hmm. And instead of one being right, one being wrong, how do we collaborate to use all of our skills to be better? I love, love, love that. Well, uh, Jill, you do this too. I mean, yeah. this is, in yes. your relo- I mean, think about relocation. You were helping out so many people get from one place to another, very mm-hmm. transactional, and mm-hmm. people were looking for, how much could I get for the cheapest price or how much money could I get if I'm the consumer, the customer, right? You turned it into more of a focus on service and a culture in general. And I think this is why you get the speak engagements and why you get so much credibility that that's an experience. It's a, it's a hard thing to pick up a move, whether it's down the street or to a different state or whatever it is. And you get it, you realize it. And I think that's why people are starting to gravitate more toward the totality of the experience, just bringing it back to customer experience. If you can hit that and not one tenant, you got to hit all of them and you got to think about that stuff on a regular basis. You're a standalone employee, but now you've got other associates that are doing this with you. Mm-hmm. You got to parlay the information and, and hopefully disseminate in such a way that they get it and they're going to represent you and the brand well. So that's, I think that's always the goal in any company. I know, again, we talk a lot in hospitality, that's our background, but I'm starting to see this in any industry regardless. Right. Most of my stuff, I speak in front of bankers, insurance agents, auto mechanics, funeral directors are my number one clients. <laughs> what? They're all focusing on the totality of the experience, believe it or not. Totality. So, yeah. yeah. Pardon the pun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Jim, I do think the fact that you're speaking to all of those different verticals yeah. does say that this is not a trendy thing. This is our, where our future is going. And exactly. you've got to be able to get in there and make it happen. I agree. What has been... Um, one of your surprise and delight best experiences. So outside of what we've discussed, is there any is there any other experience that you've had personally that kind of stands out? Um, could be a client that you've worked with or another experience. But I think it's just great to give the, uh, the listenership um, other brands that they can be aware of that are doing it well or that you've had um, some good detail with. You know, again, I think uh, mine's going to be hospitality experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when I go to eat, drink, mm-hmm. shop, stay, play, whatever it is, I'm looking for the cool kids. I need somebody to treat me different. Mm-hmm. I think people crave differentiation today. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. I am personally an experiential starved consumer on the hunt looking for somebody to do something different. So I probably get more of that when I'm shopping or when I'm eating or drinking somewhere. 
Um, there's a local place called Yellow Dog Eats that is <laughs> in uh, Central Florida. Um, I love it. I mean, I heard about this place being some pretty interesting, eclectic food. And then you go into the place and it is an eclectic. It's named after the owner's yellow lab who's passed away. But there's dog pictures. There's jelly and jams being sold. There's just stuff all over the walls. It's different. Um, and I look at the people and they remind me of the people that I used to work with at Hard Rock because those are some pretty unique people with tattoos and piercings and colored hair and mohawks and whatever. They're just affectionately freaks. I mean, they, they adopt that term and they're happy with it. Um, this place has a lot of those folks. So, again, everything so far right up to the point that I meet the owner. This guy's name is uh, Chef uh, Fish Morgan. He is a throwback. He wears a T-shirt and flip-flops every day. Um, he has no filter, and he admits all this, too, as well. So he hugs everybody that walks in and, and usually kisses them on the cheek, you know, which is pretty <laughs> taboo in the PC world we're in. But everybody loves it. It's a little shock and awe at first. But he will spend any time um, talking to you, sitting down at the table, about the issue that he has with some regulation because he's in proximity of his church across the street, so he can't sell uh, wine by the glass, or how long it took to slow braise his uh, pulled pork, you know, that's on the sandwiches, like whatever it is, and he just lets it fly, and uh, it's pretty refreshing, and so I... It's a little bit of a bummer when I take people there, some of my friends. The food's great. The ambiance is fantastic. The value is killer. But if Chef Morgan isn't there, I get bummed out because, again, the human's the one who's bringing the thunder when it comes to the experience. So, you know, every once in a while I'll get one of these places, and then you know what you get with me is loyalty. I come back, I spend more money, and I'm going to yak about it. As loud as I can, and now I just did it on the radio. So there you go. That's how I love it, works. it. I love it. You know, I think about uh, I think about two things about those surprise and delights. You know, first, you know, I was very fortunate early in my consulting career to work with Todd Graves, the founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. So as much as Jim loves Chick Fil A, I also have my own affinity for Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. And one of the things I think has been amazing is to be with Todd in the very early days when there were only two Raising Cane's and now to see where Raising Cane's is 400 units later and to see the tenets of the culture that were planted early and now they've grown and expanded with the, um, you know, with the growth of the business and how people still can roll up to a Cane's at two in the morning and have somebody say, you know, winner, winner, chicken dinner, what you having? Um, I think it, I just think it speaks volumes to, you know, the power of surprising and delighting people when you're small and even when you're huge, right? Mm -hmm. Very large. So that's one that I always have an affinity for because, you know, just to see it from the beginning to where it is, is amazing. I, I think the other thing for me is I have some amazing clients that I work with that work very hard at surprising and delighting their customers. You know, one I think about is Home Run Mac and Cheese out in Oakland, California that, you know, Erin Wade's the founder of that. She's just killing it with, you know, kindness. And their motto is be the best part of someone day. Mm. And that goes for her team as well as their customers. So their, their team is constantly looking at ways to bring, whether it be the, you know, the third party delivery driver, the take up person or the person dining in a restaurant, just to be the best part of someone's day. And when you're serving mac and cheese, you're already the best part. So to go <laughs> above it is um, really quite amazing. And so I think that, you know, to Jim's point, I'm fortunate to work with some of these companies that they're growing now, but the way they're growing is they're growing with the right 
with the right values. You know, I have another client in Baton Rouge called Crispy Catch, you know, and they do amazing fried catfish dinners. And But they surprise and delight people all day with samples and mm-hmm. unexpected little treats as you go. And they build loyalty at a, t- you know, in a mall environment where it's completely unexpected because right. that's not what you're looking for. And they do it each and every day. So I think that, I think these small companies are, get, you know, are really baking the culture and that experience into their DNA. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and when that happens, then you grow to be a great company and you end up being like Raising Cane's or, or Chick-fil-A. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I just, I love those stories. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about what you think, you know, a good an actionable piece that a growing company needs to focus on. We've touched a lot on culture. We've touched, touched a lot on hiring, you know, not the perfect person, but the right people to build your team. So, I mean, let's speak to maybe a smaller company that's, you know, in growth mode. What would be your piece of advice to them? Maybe your top two things that, you know, they should focus on right now. Man, I don't know that I have two. I, mm-hmm. I, I honestly have one. I, okay. I have one silver bullet. I mean, mm-hmm. again, if you look at those key tenets that I believe, product, mm-hmm. atmosphere, the service, and mm-hmm. the value proposition, mm-hmm. if you hit on those four, because that's really all that customers care about, right. for me, it will forever be predicated on and perpetuated by humans. Mm-hmm. So my goal would be you got to do everything in your power to surround yourself with an army of giants, people who actually mm-hmm. get it. And that means you're going to have to focus way more time and energy and effort and rigor and money on getting the right people. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, again, this, I don't think this is just from a, you know, my background's training and development. It isn't just because of my HR background. I really do believe you get those right people and that will require you to dive in deep in every area of the employee life cycle, how you recruit, interview, hire, train, develop, communicate, reward, recognize, love on, and get people to stay with you longer. Because that's another thing, at least in hospitality, the root of all evil in our industry was turnover. Mm-hmm. You lose people, you never get to nirvana. You never get to the sweet stuff because you're like a hamster in the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I used to do this all the time. I would go and look at cafes, hard rock cafes mm-hmm. when I was there that are in the top 10 in year on year sales, comp store sales. They happen to be the ones that had the lowest turnover, whether you're looking on a yearly basis, annual basis or rolling 12, you know, which we look at in HR. Right. I look at all that and go, there's a direct correlation between people coming on board, staying with you longer, and you producing the results. So I've gotten to the point that it, again, does not matter what the industry is. I would focus all my energy on the people that are actually making the donuts. You get that part right. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the rest of it is window dressing. The rest mm-hmm. of it, once again, is price of admission. So, you know, if you want to say number two, yeah, have great product. People are going to first and foremost come in because they need stuff, mm-hmm. you, whether it's a product or a service. You've got to do that well. Hello, that 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 to me is if you're not doing that, you're going to go out of business. Why no are you even what. bothering? Exactly. Yeah, no. yeah. For me, it's, it's forever going to be about the people. And I think that is what is resonating with people as I go out and talk about it. It, regardless of the industry. I may be wrong, but I, I'm coming with one bullet. I just think this is the, the the key is make sure you get the right people. Is that easy to do? No, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Right. But it's the most important thing, I think. Right. So I think I'll add on to that, Jim. And I think that uh, having the right people is you know, there's no price tag on that. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that to have the right people is to support the people and their success Mm -hmm. too. So for me, my two would be map it and measure it. Mm -hmm. The first is map out, you know, build that matrix of what that customer experience is to look like Mm -hmm. and put all those sensory points into that. 
and then take that employee journey and map that out and put in what you want that employee experience to look like because we should all not be happy with 31% engagement you know so that's that would be my my map it part right and then that should tie back to your strategy so when you have clarity of what you want you know, mm-hmm. then the second part about it is measure it and measure it and believe it. You know, I think one of the things that happened, you know, and I'll speak just a little bit to the hospitality industry. What happened to the hospitality industry was they were getting the measurements back. You know, our good friends that we all met, you know, together are great at this. And they were giving people back the measures and then the measures were being dismissed. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously that customer is having a bad day. Obviously this was going wrong. Obviously. No, 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 no. Just believe what it is. <laughs> and then instead of getting all wound up up about it, do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what separates the good from the great. Mm -hmm. The, The great will take their flaws, they'll take their wins, but they'll do something with it. So Mm -hmm. I think when you have that equation of get your great people in, just get the right people in and make them great. And then map and measure you know, what you, what that experience is for everyone, you're setting yourself up for amazing success. And that supersedes any weather economy, you know, any blips in the world that we have, because you've got that solid foundation for growth. I absolutely love your answers. They're incredible. And (laughs) I just want to thank you again so much for joining us here. Um, Kathleen, if you could tell everybody where we can find Susie Swirl and where we can find you Absolutely. online. Well, the easiest way to find us is to go right online, Jill. So thank you. And it's uh, Kathleen at the very cleverly named Kathleen Wood Partners. <laughs> so um, just Kathleen at kwoodpartners.com. And then Susie Swirl is, you know, www.susie.com. You know, and there's Susie Swirl. So, you know, please feel free to follow us and send us emails, messages. We always love to hear from everyone. And thank you, Jill, for the opportunity to be here today. Absolutely. It's been awesome. And Jim, where can we find you? Yeah, thank you. I'll echo the same thing that uh, that Kathleen said. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, pretty easy to get a hold of. I'm on nightspeaker.com. That's my last name, K-N-I-G-H-T, speaker.com. Um, you can see a lot of video clips on there. Again, if somebody were interested in, in having me come out and spend some time, there is something to be said about having a third party, non-threatening person who's either written or talks about some stuff. Sometimes these brands that you talk about, they need a little bit of uh, Mm -hmm. some help and a push. And then sometimes when you need to really go underneath the grill, that's where Kathleen also from a consulting standpoint can really take people to the next level. But nightspeaker.com and uh, my book that I have out is called Culture That Rocks. And you can get that at culturethatrocks.com or Amazon or wherever else you want to. But uh, thank you so much for this. This is great. This has been great, Jill. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you. (laughs) 